Welcome back to the PropTech Ramble. I'm Michael Grant. Hi everyone, I am Charlotte. Yeah, so I'm Sam. I'm my own blog now. <laughs> <laughs> um, plug away. PropTech for us as Metricus is, again, it's not just new, it is legacy as well. That's what it's all about, really, apart from me rambling on like I'm doing now. So, uh, That's why it's called PropTech, right? <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another PropTech Ramble. Uh, today we have Brittany Van Martre with us uh, talking about employee well-being. So Brittany, you have worked at many places over the years. You were a, a strategist uh, and management consultant uh, and you worked at Nike for 12 years. That would be pretty mm -hmm. cool and interesting. So I'd like to hear more about that. Uh, June 2021, you left and started your own consultancy. So thank you very much for joining me. Could you just give everyone who listens a little bit of an overview of who you are, what you've done, and why you came out to create the future of work, which is your, your new business? Yeah, so I started my career in uh, management consulting at KPMG. And then, I, like you said, I just finished up a really fruitful, almost decade-long career at Nike. And the last roughly six years at Nike, I was in the consumer experience space. So really looking at how do you delight and create the most seamless, frictionless, amazing experience really for the Nike consumer at retail. So really looking at the principles of human-centered design. And then at the same time, I was also involved in sort of like a 10% project that I was facilitating emotional intelligence programs at Nike as well. Okay. And that combination of consumer experience and looking at the emotional kind of social emotional side of employees. I kind of got recruited in a way over to the employee experience space, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, spent almost two years there looking at how do we develop a strategy for our employee experience? How do we look at workplace strategy from the, the point of view that the employee is the center of everything that we do? And so that led into creating what what is called and used now the Nike Workplace Experience Strategy. And so now I've kind of taken that knowledge and that those years of of working in the experience space, and now I'm working with a lot of different types of clients and really honing in on the well-being part of employee experience because I'm personally just passionate about about mental health and about um, alignment with your values, finding flow in your work really understanding what motivates you, really creating cultures and teams of inclusion and belonging and meaning and purpose. So that's something that I'm really um, passionate about. But yeah, that's a little bit of a background on me. Cool. And, and employee well-being, uh, you know, post, it was starting to, to build up before COVID. We saw that. But yeah. post COVID, it's really shot up. I mean, ESG, Salesforce announced that their execs are going to be paid you know, shares and benefits based on meeting their ESG goals. So, you know, environmental, social side, the governance side is about the business itself, but the environmental, social side and yeah. sustainable development goal number three from the World Health Organization is good health and well-being, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's getting higher and higher and higher up on the agenda and, yes. and as it should, you know, before COVID, lots of people worked in offices that had rubbish air quality, the the surroundings weren't the best and people are now basically demanding that they have a good space to work in so they can be productive because people were productive at home when most people thought they people couldn't work from home but they obviously can you can work from anywhere yes but the the employee well-being piece i think it's also 
become a, people have become a lot more aware of it because of the the generation that is now in the office so old people yeah. like me when you first started work you were just you had a job you did what you were told and you worked in an office whether it was good bad or ugly but yeah. now there's a lot more choice and actually employees uh, have realized that they are happier when they're in a good space employers have realized if they do something about that, they have a happier, healthier, more productive team and people are less likely to leave. You know, there's lots of stats yeah. around that, but I'm talking yes. to an expert in this. So there is, there is, there is a lot of evidence now around doing something about employee well-being. So I've mm-hmm. got a question. This, this is one of, this is uh, something that I came up with having uh, read a bit about you before we did the, before you came on the ramble. Uh yeah. You, you've said, uh, I think this is on your website or, or on a blog post or something or on LinkedIn, the workplace of the future will be a purposeful, agile ecosystem focused on the end-to-end employee journey. Can you yeah. expand on that and tell me and everyone that, who listens to this what, what you mean by that? Yeah, definitely. I think we, I mean, just talking about wellness in general, like there there's so many touch points that the employee has in which they make a judgment or they have an experience of their employer. And that can start all the way from them on a job search and seeing certain things that this brand or this company, they, they can, you can see the values of the company out within the culture, right? So it's really like we live in this age where every, the information is available. We know what people are doing in terms of sustainability. We know roughly what the company values are. You can talk to a lot of people and understand what it might be like. You can look on Glassdoor. You can write a review. I mean, all the, the those touch points that even are happening before you even get inside a company. Yeah. All of them matter, you know? And so it's about really creating a brand and a company with values that align towards sustainable goals towards wellness. And then when you're inside the company, what is your onboarding experience like? How is your manager trained? How is the vibe within your team? What's your relationship like with your direct boss? What is the flexibility like? You know, what what are the company what are the company values? Do I resonate with those values? What are my values? Is the company helping me decide those? Things like that. Does the company have a listening strategy? Does the company care about health and safety after this you know, huge pandemic. Um, what is the company doing to bring the community in? Like, how, how am I feeling connected and, and part of something bigger than myself? And so that is like all through the employee journey life cycle, all the way through to like exit, resignation, termination, whatever. What is that process like? Is that process well stewarded? You know, am I do I feel, am I having an exit interview? Like. There's so many points in which the employee can decide, you know, do I like this place or not? Is this place resonating with my value? And then you see the great resignation, right? A lot of people have decided, no, this actually doesn't mean anything to me. Like this experience is not what I want it to be. This company, we're misaligned, you know, in some way. And you see a lot of people leaving because they can. So I think that is what I mean by creating a multifaceted, all hands on deck approach to experience because before the pandemic experience was really talked about in the sense of like, let's plan a bunch of events, you know, like let's give swag bags and and things like that. And now we're starting to realize that it's like, it's so much bigger than we can imagine. And it is going to require 
a ton of investment, a cross-functional steering committees, you know, it's really deep employee listening strategies. It's going to require a lot more effort than has ever um, been given in the past. Yeah. And free beer and free swag can only goes a certain amount of the way, right? Exactly. Like a a tiny amount of the way, really. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when you're, when you're helping people on the journey for employee well-being, what's what's the approach that you see people take or or do people or do you go in to help people with an approach because maybe they don't have an idea of where they should start and where they need to end up and how do you how do you go about that with a a, a customer so what's the kind of start middle and end look like to get to the point they need because i imagine smaller companies obviously need less of your time but some of the bigger companies especially if they're global need a lot more of your time and there's different you know, nationalities and, and people are very shy in Asia compared to Australia in the U S you know, Mm. English people are very reserved, you know, so how does, what's it look like from a start to finish when you start to engage with a customer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I worked in Europe for six years and it's a totally different environment (laughs) than in the United States, for example. So I think culturally we have to be very aware of what's going on also in terms of wellness and well-being like what what is appropriate in terms of services attitude approach etc but the way i kind of structure it is having a lot of strategy sessions to determine like what is our overall like how can we structure this overall and this is what we did at nike we basically got in rooms with a bunch of different stakeholders within the workplace design and connectivity function And I would argue that it should have been even more um, cross-functional with partners from HR, DEI, comms, purpose, sustainability. I would argue that that should have been an approach, but that's just kind of starting now, you know, that teams are really becoming more cross-functional in this space. But what we did is we developed a human-centered design strategy focusing on five elements. So the first was the brand. So how does the brand actually speak, not just externally, but internally? Yeah. How it, what is the resonance with the brand, with the employees? And how can we amplify that in a positive way? Um, relationships was the second one. So what are all the different relational human-to-human connections that an employee is having in their day-to-day experience? And the third one was services. So what are the different services and amenities that create this amazing, delightful, frictionless experience for employees? Uh, The fourth one was environments. What are the digital and physical environments that that the employee is navigating and working through every day? So real estate, but also digitally. And then the last one was community and culture. So how are we building culture? How are we bringing the outside community in? What are we doing in terms of events and bringing people together? How do people feel a sense of belonging? And so those are the five facets. And I think just having that sort of framing in a big company really helps, you know, because it's like, okay, from here, we know what areas we're focusing on. We can distill down what are our OKRs, you know, how are we going to measure all these areas? who's in charge of each of the areas, how do they all work together, you know, because it's on a, on a wheel. So it's very much um, interconnected, if you will. So it's really looking at all those different areas and then start to piece off projects. Like, 
okay, specifically, what are we going to do environments? What's our real estate strategy? Um, what's our technology strategy? Um, what are we going to do for the brand? Like, how are we going to bring that to life? So this is basically an example of how I might go about it. And, and how do you do that? Because there's only one you. So when you're working with a big company, do you need yeah. champions in each one of those five? I mean, how does how does that physically work? Because there's only one you. You can't be all five right no. for every company. So how, how does that work? Yes, definitely. There would have to be people that would be in basically on point for each of the areas. Yeah. Right. So like the head of real estate would probably be in charge of environments working together with the head of technology. Um, services, it would probably be your head of, If it depends on how you're running your services at your company. If you're using like a JLL or an Aramark or like, you know, how, however you're running your facilities management and all of that. Um, so that person, and then relationships would be really heavily leaning on HR. Like what are the different types of um, manager and employee touch points? How are one-to-one structured? What's the process for an individual development plan? Like things like that. Um, the brand would be the head of brand. And then the culture and community would really be like the head of heritage, um, experience, things like that. Okay. So yeah, it's like a multifaceted approach where everybody has to work together, but is really kind of spearheading one or the other. And from... I mean, you've, you've worked you worked at Nike for a long time, but you've worked with lots of other companies as well. And and during your career, I think seventeen years have to get to the point where you are now and to the point where you started. How much has employee well being and and this the importance of this change? I know COVID's done a lot for for, for everyone as well, but how much yeah. has it changed to get to where you were to where you are now? I mean, and yeah. The employee maybe wasn't at the forefront, but now they're very much at the forefront. So how how much has mm-hmm. how much has changed, and what do you think have been the biggest changes over the years? Yeah, I would say COVID really put the the experience and the employee at the center for many companies, just because they were seeing so much turnover, and that costs a lot of money. You know, attraction and retention is a huge metric, and it's expensive. So yeah. Someone said to me in the UK, it's about £30,000 for an employee to one in, one out. Like, forget the salaries, it's it's 30,000 straight off the bat from a time from a from a money money perspective. Yes, and I think that companies have felt that pain, you know, the last years. Just they've experienced, like, wow, we're having a lot of turnover, this is not good. Yeah. And then just a lot of people on burnout. So a lot of the pandemic has been rough on everybody. Everybody's navigating this change in a myriad of ways, have been affected in a myriad of ways. I mean, even pre-pandemic, it was like one in three uh, Americans were showing signs of clinical depression and anxiety. Oh, wow. So it's like the numbers lately. And this is because we're, we're living through not only a, um, you know, a pandemic, but also we've we're, we're disconnected from like the natural world companies are you know like the, the sustainability the climate crisis this is affecting everybody on like a lot of different ways and then the war in ukraine i mean there's just like one thing after another and i think it's hard psychologically for people to still show up to work you know 40 plus hours a week and give it their all i think the expectations are have to you know they must change and companies have to change how they operate in the world and what they stand for and what their responsibility is because, you know, people, this isn't working. Clearly, this isn't yeah. working. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think part of that burnout, especially from a younger generation, is because younger generation are permanently attached to a device, right? So yes. smartphones. Yeah. You know, when when I was I'm very old. But when I first started work, mobile phones had an LCD display and the most you could do was text message and call, right? So that was it. You know, your news, you still read a newspaper, you know, dial-up internet was a thing. So, you know, unheard Mm -hmm. of for most of the, you know, millennials and the younger generation. But having young children myself, very young children, uh, Mm -hmm. well, one's very young and a couple of teenagers, they're permanently connected, right? So the stress of the world never goes away when it's in your hands for 10 12 13 14 hours a day yeah that doesn't help so how do you how do you help people deal with that because i i personally think a big part of the problems that that people have is because it's always in their face and and whether yes. that's on the laptop that i'm doing work on and talking to you on or i get away mm-hmm. from that i've got a tablet i've got my phone you know TikTok, facebook whatever it is there's yeah. information whether it's true or not it's it's always being sent to you and focused on you as an individual and mm-hmm. i understand the the younger generation you know i i didn't have it because i never had mobile phones i used to end up being australian and living where i lived i would leave the house to go and play with my mates i'd come home to either go to the toilet or eat food or go to sleep so apart yeah. from that i wasn't i wasn't indoors but now that's changed immensely so is immensely. part of what is part of what you do helping people look at moving away from how attached they are to their screens and the, and, and, and all the information? Yeah, I mean, I think there's opportunity for us to do business much differently. You know, we spend, we this is a first in human history that we spend roughly 98% of our time indoors. And like, we didn't evolve to be like that, you know? Like we evolved to be in connection with our planet that we live on. Yeah. And in the workplace environment, there's been a field called environmental psychology that has sprang up in the last, I don't even know, since maybe like the 90s or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. But environmental psychology looks at, oh, how is like putting different types of lighting in a, in a workplace environment, changing moods? How, how is, how is um, access to green space changing productivity levels and, and abilities to focus and so I mean, there's 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 the there's the knowledge that yes, we need to change, but the action is not you know I, I, it, it's lagging I would say. And now since the pandemic and what we're going through, I think things are really starting to finally change. But there's also th- you know related to devices. There's there's a an, a nonprofit institute created by the guys that created the um, the documentary The Social Dilemma. And there's all sorts of ways that we can use technology in a, in a productive way. I mean, even simple things like changing the color of your iPhone screen or the way that a, a user interface is designed that is less addictive. And in our consumeristic society, you know, a lot of these companies, they're not adhering to those kind of standards. You know, they're doing everything they can to get you to click like like your clickbait you know it's just yeah yeah. and so like from an employee experience perspective as well like that feeds into your experience your your employees are also consumers i mean we're one and the same like work is not separate from life you know so it's like what are what are these companies doing then to like uphold real standards that actually impact our youth and impact our mental health you know and 
And how are they doing that at scale? And currently, I think they're mo more focused on profit than anything. So, yeah, I I, I yeah. would agree with that, especially the big some of the big companies like the ones that you're saying we are clickbait. That I'm glad that that has come in to try and make the UX and UI less addictive, yeah. especially yeah. for the younger generation because you're permanently on. So I, I've got mm -hmm. I've got a couple more questions here that I, I've okay. gone a bit, I've gone a bit off piece that I always do. So uh, the in, indoor air quality and the indoor environment. So indoor environment is slightly different to obviously indoor air quality, but how much of, how much of that comes into the work that you do with, with your customers? I'm less involved in the environmental design side. Um, so I'm not really looking a lot at like lighting, air quality, okay. things like that, but definitely like, from a perspective of like, what are the aspects of experience that are in this built in this physical built environment? What are the aspects where people can do on site or off sites on site? Yeah. You know how how is it how is the how is the technology such that people can navigate and wayfind the space in a productive way? What kind of like at Nike they have an app that actually you are able to wayfind and book your desk and understand which restaurants are open, book your gym space, you know, how is technology actually woven into the physical built environment to make the experience um, easy? Yeah. And I yeah. guess part of what you're talking about, the wayfinding, you're still on screens, right? So it's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it? Yes. Like trying to get people away from screens, but to do everything you need to at work, you need to be on your screen, whether it's wayfinding, mm -hmm. whether it's finding a free meeting room, it's... Mm -hmm. it's it's immense catch 22 situation. Yes. Isn't it? We, we, yeah. we don't want everyone to be indoors for too long, but you have to generally, you have to be indoors to, to, to do work. Doesn't mean you have to be in an office, but you know, mm -hmm. concentration and things like that, you need to be in certain areas. But what, mm -hmm. what do you, another question, what do you think are the biggest issues that employers uh, have to deal with when, when trying to implement employee well-being what what are the what are the i know there's probably multiple what what are the biggest ones or what are the biggest hurdles to doing this well and then getting it implemented yeah i think i think the fact that and i talked about this a little bit but there's a the the wheel there's a a, a lot of, this is studied in like phd psychology but the wheel of human experience always starts with feeling so yeah. a feeling that you have mobilizes awareness, which mobilizes action. And then that, then you make contact with an experience, you assimilate the experience, and then you withdraw, and then you have a feeling again. So like an example of how this would manifest in real life is like you wake up one day and you're like, I want to see people today. And let's say you work in a hybrid environment. And so that mobilizes an action to go to the campus or wherever, the co-working spot, you have a contact with an experience, you assimilate it, and then you withdraw. And but everybody is had a different everybody's having different feelings, right? Like some people want to go back to work. Some people don't want to go back to work. Some people want to have mental health plans. Some people don't want to talk about mental health at work at all. Some people are navigating change in all different ways. And the complexity of the world, it's really hard for an employer to know like, where should I invest my money? You know, what's actually going to land with these people? Like, is it is it going to be like investing in like a spring health and like having everything from like programming all the way to psychiatric care? Like, is that a good wellness proposition? You know, is that going to resonate? I think 
it's going to take a fail fast, try, you know, try and iterate, listening, get, gathering a lot of data, deter, doing a lot of focus groups and interviews, like really trying to understand what, what is it that, what are the core needs that we're solving? What are, their, what are the core problems and the core needs that we're, that we're trying to solve? Because I think right now it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and you kind of see that like yeah. big companies, they got headspace, they got calm, they got like different types of fitness apps, they got like mental health care. I mean, and then you wonder like, okay, w- what is actually resonant? Maybe we should just change our values as an, or maybe we should just actually let people work from wherever, you know, maybe it's simpler than we think, you know? So I think that's the complexity. <laughs> it, is, it is very complex. And I'm actually glad you said that because every human is different, right? And yes. all, all people are different. And, and do, people do need different things. I mean, my wife says I'm very black and white and I have no gray area. So I'm probably one of the simpler ones. But there are people that, you know, people that suffer from anxiety, whether that's anxiety yeah. when they're in a large group of people or anxiety about doing something not to the best of their abilities or they have anxiety because they always want it to be better. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Some people just want to get out of the house like me because I have a wife and three kids and it's chaos when they all come home. So Mm -hmm. it's, it it is, I'm glad you said fail fast because I don't think anyone will get it right the first time, but like you said, fail fast and iterate and listen and learn. And you, the the problem is with the world is you can't please all the people all the time, but you've got to, if you can cover as many bases as possible, then, then I think you're in a good place, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And it's exciting that investment is going, going here, you know, it's, I think it's, it, and yeah. it's, it's been a long time coming and it's, it, it, yes. it should be right. So I think it'll yeah. make a, I think the changes that are being made are hugely positive and, and for the employees, especially, I think workplaces in three to five years time will be very different than they are even now. And we'll, we'll see. I think so too. I absolutely think so. Yeah. Hopefully we don't see another pandemic and it just all gets better and better and better. So I know (laughs) we just have to suffer through that again. So we've done that one. I had another one when I had my one last question, where do I put it? Uh, uh, So your, your work, uh, do you do you travel for work or is it mainly US based or you know how, where where are you seeing the biggest uptake in what you do because and I, and the reason I ask is yeah. I was at WorkTech last week in Amsterdam and oh yeah you know there were there were talks all day most of them were about employee experience and employee well-being and there was a, a lady there professor that, that lives in the Netherlands but studied in Sydney Australia Mm-hmm. And for her, it was talking about a gentleman whose name I should remember from the 1950s or 60s that was talking mm-hmm. about employee experience way back when, but mm-hmm. no one said anything about it. So where are you seeing the biggest uptake of services and requirements to bring you in to say, let's do it? Is it the US? Is it Europe? Is it APAC? Is it large, yeah. companies, small companies? Kind of where where, where are you being pulled and, and why? Yeah, I... I... It's definitely the U.S. I'm definitely focused on the U.S., but I see a lot of traction in like places like the Netherlands, really highly commercial places, the Netherlands, the U.K., Germany, really trying to figure it out. And I also see a lot of um, movement in the startup world, too, like 
a lot of younger founders who really want to get it right, you know, and they want to be like known for having a really good culture. They want to be known for having a really good onboarding process and employee experience and engagement scores. Like they can't really afford to have a ton of turnover, you know? So I see a lot of startups really focusing on that and really focusing on like, what are my sustainability goals? How can I do everything in sort of a green way and really mean it and like really track it and really be meaningful about it. So definitely in that, in that space as well. And then I think also in bigger companies, you know, like really trying to figure out like, what is our strategy against this? And can we talk to somebody who has some experience doing this? And maybe we can borrow some of the things from Nike, you know, and put our own spin on it. And you see a lot of the big consulting firms focusing on this area as well. Yeah. Like the Deloitte's and the Bain's of the world really creating entire practices related to this now as part of their management consulting offers, which is new. You know, a lot of companies are looking to those thought partners as yeah. as experts in this too. So well, I read somewhere, I can't remember where it was now. I mentioned it on another ramble that, that I think they were, they're expected in PwC are expected to employ 14,000 ESG consultants over the next yes. two to three years. I mean, that that's huge, right? That would huge. That would yeah. never have been a thing before, but now everyone's targeted with it. And I think, mm-hmm. I think it is only going to get bigger and bigger. I think, I think you probably left the, well, it's never a right time to leave, but the right time to start what you've started, I think where yeah. kind of on the way up, right. And, and more and more people need help to understand it and make sure yeah. they try and they try and do it the best they can. Cause I don't think, as you said, you know, as, I, as I said, you can't please all the people all the time, but if you get it as close to kind of perfect as possible to, to make sure you cover the most of the workforce, then, then I think you're in quite a good place. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So, so I, I think you're going to be busy for, for a very long time. I hope so. <laughs> Starting your own business is like very challenging. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. There's always the challenge of, I've gone from somewhere that was safe and secure and I knew I had a job yes. and was paying my bills to actually having to do it all on my own and then go and tell people I do have the experience to do <laughs> what I'm doing. So hopefully, hopefully people will listen to this and realize actually you do know what you're talking about. I hope so. Let's see. <laughs> Everybody, you should go and talk to Brittany about CreateTheFutureOfWork.com. <laughs> exactly right. CreateTheFutureOfWork.com. So Traditionally, what I do at the end, uh, Brittany, is I ask people quick fire questions. So I'm going to ask you the same as I ask everyone else. Uh, okay. what, what was your first job ever? My first job ever? A lifeguard. Oh, cool. Whereabouts? Um, I lifeguarded in high school and just at the Spokane, Spokane Washington public, public swimming pools. And then I lifeguarded all through college. So I, I can save it. your life. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, when, when and where are you most productive? In the morning, and in my home office. Yeah, yeah. I'm a morning. I'm a morning person, and generally, when it's I come to the office, and there's not a lot of other people in. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite book? Ooh, this is hard. I read a lot. Um, probably The Alchemist by yeah. Paulo Coelho. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good book. Yeah. Uh, when you're not working, how do you spend your time? With my five-year-old son and with my husband and hopefully traveling somewhere nice. <laughs> We're about to go to Europe to visit his family. So a nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I know the answer to this. Hybrid working, yes or no? Oh, totally, yes. 
yeah. probably should have skipped that one because I knew the answer already. <laughs> no, this is always an interesting one. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Be patient with your process. It's all coming together for you. Even if you can't see the next step, the path will appear. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Brittany, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for coming on. Uh, I think what you're doing and the work that lots of people need to do around employee well-being and employee experience is, is huge. But mm-hmm. thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Take care. I'll, I'll remember if I'm Washington and I'm near a swimming pool, then make sure you're around. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much.